श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो फोर चैप्टर फोर सती क्विट्स हर बॉडी टेक्स्ट नाइन अरुद्रभागम तमवेक्ष चाध्वरम पित्राच देवे कृतहेलनम विभौ अनादृतायक्न्यसदस्यधीश्वरी चुकोपलोकानिवधक्षतीरुषा अरुद्रभागं तमवेक्षचाध्वरं पित्राच देवे कृतहेलनम् विभौ अनाद्रितायग्न्यसदस्यधीश्वरी चुकोपलोकानिवधक्षतीरुषा अरुद्रभागं तमवेक्षचाध्वरं पित्राच देवे कृतहेलनम् विभौ अनाद्रितायग्न्यसदस्यधीश्वरी चुकोपलोकानिवधक्षतीरुषा
अरुद्रभागं तमवेक्ष्य चाद्वरं अरुद्रभागं तमवेक्ष्य चाद्वरं पित्राच देवे कृतहेलनं विभौ पित्राच देवे कृतहेलनं विभौ अनादृता यज्ञ सदस्यधीश्वरी अनादृता यज्ञ सदस्यधीश्वरी चुकोपलोका निवधक्ष्यति रुषा चुकोपलोका For Lord Shiva. Tam that Aveksha seeing Cha and Advaram place of sacrifice. Pitra by her father. Cha and Deve to Lord Shiva. Krita Helanam. Content having been shown. Vidhau to the Lord. Anadrita not being received. Yagya Sadasi in the assembly of the sacrifice. Adhishwari Sati Chukopa became greatly angry. Lokan, the fourteen worlds. Eva, as if. Dakshati, burning. Usha, with anger. Translation. Present in the arena of sacrifice, Sati saw that there were no oblations for her husband, Lord Shiva. Next, she realized that not only had her father failed to invite Lord Shiva, but when he saw Lord Shiva's exalted wife, Daksha did not receive her either. Thus she became greatly angry, so much so that she looked at her father as if she were going to burn him with her eyes. <coughs> Purport, by offering oblations in the fire while chanting the Vedic mantra, Swaha, one offers respect to all the demigods, great sages and pitas, including Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva and Lord Vishnu. It is customary that Shiva is one of those who are offered respects, but Sati, while personally present in the arena, saw that the Brahmanas did not utter the mantra offering oblations to Lord Shiva. Namah Shivaya Swaha. She was not sorry for herself, for she was ready to come to her father's house without being invited, but she wanted to see whether or not her husband was being respected. To see her relatives, her sisters and mother, was not so important. Even when she was, was received by her mother and sisters, she did not care for she was most concerned that her husband was being insulted in the sacrifice. When she marked the insult, she became greatly angry, and she looked at her father so angrily that Daksha appeared to burn in her vision. Some attempt is made here, of course it's Vyasadeva, to 
make a metaphor or an analogy for the anger of sati. It's, it's extreme anger. There's a famous line from Shakespeare. I'm not sure whether Srila Prabhupada quoted this one or not. He quoted quite a few lines of Shakespeare. Hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned. I don't know if you can follow that. That the, the tortures, the, the intense pain of hell is not comparable to that, the anger of a woman who's scorned, which generally means she's rejected in her romantic overtures. She becomes so angry. <clears throat> Probably this will have to be edited out of Shakespeare, if anyone reads Shakespeare anymore, because you're not allowed to make statements like that anymore. But it's not, a, it, it would be called a misogynistic statement. <clears throat> which is considered morally wrong in the insane ethos of the Western world today. <clears throat> but it's just an analysis of human nature, that's all, specifically female nature. In this case, <clears throat> anger is very dangerous. Uh, what can you not do in anger? Anger... Anger, Kina, Keba, what is Hm? Narotam, Prem Bhakti Chandrika. Krode Kiba, hm? Krode Ba Na Kore Kiba. What can you not do when you're angry? You just forget everything. All sense, all self control, all rationality is gone. So it's very dangerous. However, we see in the case of Sati that she was angry, but she hadn't lost her sense of discrimination because she could have destroyed herself, her father, and all the arena of sacrifice. She has enough. She can destroy. She's that same person who oversees the creation, maintenance, and destruction of the material world. <clears throat> you may say, what happened to Brahma, Vishnu, and Nahesh? Well, she's also involved. <clears throat> she is the material energy. So she could do, but sh she is keeping her anger under control, and she will burn her own body that she doesn't want to maintain because of the tremendous insult to Lord Shiva who she totally identifies with. It's not an insult to her personally or directly but she takes an insult to her husband to be practically worse than to herself. The saying is still there in India, although it's not followed much. Pati Parameshwara. The husband is, is God. <clears throat> this is repugnant to non-followers of Vedic culture. <clears throat> it was noted even by the British when they first came how chaste women are to their husbands. <clears throat> and it was always a matter of great pride in Indian culture that, what, that the women are of good character, generally speaking. Of course, there are harlots also, <clears throat> many of whom traditionally were Vaishnavis. The uh, Chintamani wasn't the first. Chintamani of Dilvamangala. At least in Bengal they used to be. It was it was well known that the prostitutes of Calcutta all had Vaishnav gurus. <clears throat> in Kali Yuga the demoniac 
forces gain impetus that are very prominent influence in society today is that of feminism with the script that women have been exploited by men since time immemorial and now it's time to make things right And they point to various things such as previously women not having the vote. Although I, re I read something where it said that women, they didn't care about not having the vote in America because they exercised power vicariously through their husbands. But when black men got the vote, then the white women became upset. How can black men have a vote and we not? <laughs> then, they, then they started campaigning for a vote. Otherwise, they didn't care. <coughs> of course, uh, we're talking here on the material platform, but it's a uh, uh, social platform. Srila Prabhupada also didn't like feminism. That in their feministic propaganda, the women don't show photos of the huge graveyards in Belgium of the tens of thousands of men who died especially in World War One. there it was the men who were going out to fight some how long is it now? more, more than two years? more than one year for sure when Russia started a special military operation in Ukraine and the women were allowed to leave Ukraine, not the men. We didn't hear any protests from the feminists at that time. But why are the women being allowed to escape and why are they not being sent to war? At that time, they were quite satisfied with the disparity between men and women. So it is a false... <coughs> position. Srila Prabhupada, once it was put to him that marriage for a woman means to be exploited by a man, and Prabhupada said, yes, yeah, it's better to be exploited by one man than by so many other men. <laughs> There's always, this is the great myth of egalitarianism mundane egalitarianism. We have spiritual egalitarianism as we find in Lord Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita. Vidya Vinaya Sampane Brahmane Gaviyasini Shuni Chaivashvaparkecha Pandita Samadarshanaha This principle of seeing equally is a repeated theme in Bhagavad Gita. In this verse, this well-known verse, Krishna says that a brahmana, and not just a brahmana by caste, but one who's actually a brahmana by having acquired knowledge and the quality of humility. So he's a real brahmana. He's really high in the terms of uh, character in human society. Vidyavinaya Sampane, brahmane. A cow, a female elephant, a dog, and a dog eater. Someone who's actually, this is Krishna's definition of a pundit, one who is learned. He sees them all equally. That's from the spiritual platform. But on the material platform, there is a difference. Krishna never recommended that the dog cooker, the dog eater, take the position of a brahmana. Rather, he says twice in Gita, Shaya Svatana Vigona, 
paradharma bhayabhat. One should follow one's prescribed duties within the Varnashram system. It's very dangerous to adopt someone else's. <laughs> this is just, it should be common sense, simple thing to understand. When the Europeans first came to India, no one protested about the caste system. That, of course, they, they came mostly for trade, so they weren't particularly interested in the politics or social, social reorganization. But in their own country, there, there, was, there were high-class people, there were the aristocrats by birth, landed gentry. There were the trading class, and there were artisans and just general laborers. So there was a division also. In, in European society, and it was taken for granted. Some people are born into an aristocratic family, and they, they have privilege from birth. It's just taken for granted. that They, they took it for granted that, okay, the, in India the social stratification system is different to ours in Europe, but they have it. They just expected that, that there's going to be some... Uh, privileged caste or privileged group of people by birth and others who are not. And it continues despite the idea that everyone is equal. <coughs> At Oxford University, Oxford University, whatever it is, its traditions have been uh, spoiled by government policies, British government policies, of course. Uh, one of the things they want to bring in by force, it's something like reservation system, working class pupils, because Oxford University has always been the preserve of the upper classes or the upper middle classes, not the working classes. But one observer of the educational system who said that the the educational policies in Britain since the Thatcher instituted by the Thatcher government was, has been an unmitigated catastrophe. He said that the working class they don't even want to send people to Oxford University. It's just like the, the, the Shudras in India, they don't want to become, they want to become Brahmanas. You have to take bath so many times and you have to follow all these rules. No meat, no intoxication. They don't want to be like that. They want to have the freedom to do what they like. <clears throat> so in the same way, the working class, they have their own kind of pride in being working class. And they, they don't, it's a generalization, which this observer pointed out, that they don't like it if someone someone goes out from their situation. Like, if you're born in a miner's family, you're supposed to grow up as rough and tough like a miner. You're not supposed to become a college professor. It's, it's like a rejection of our background. So this uh, communist idea, Srila Prabhupada is very much against communism. He said, people are already animals, but this communism is making them bigger animals. <clears throat> and we have neo-Marxism in the form of affirmative action in governments going on in India with the uh, reservation system, similar to what Seth said about Oxford, which is Uh, very detrimental for the whole future of the country, giving, promoting people to a level they're not fit for, just because because they're not fit for it. <laughs> not a merit system, but a system based on birth. It perpetuates the caste system. 
or it perpetuates the faults of the caste system. So that people, they, they want to be classified as an SC or ST or OBC or something like this. It's scheduled caste, scheduled tribe, other backward caste, and now Muslim also. That's also a, supposed to be a back. Why are Muslims backward? Because they don't. They, they send their kids mostly. Why are they backward in terms of uh, educational advancement? And one reason they prefer to send their, their sons to the madrasa. And they don't get the kind of education in the madrasa that you get if you're going to end up as an IT professional. They prefer, they, they channel their children in that way and then they complain about being left out. There are so many, so many discrepancies. Once you get a wrong idea, everything becomes wrong. One after another, one after another, one after another. <clears throat> Why am I discussing this at all? We're supposed to be discussing spiritual topics. Well, the Daksha Yagya in and of itself, it's not a, directly a spiritual topic. It shows what goes wrong when you don't follow the basic rules of the universe, of Dharma. The things that can go wrong. <clears throat> and the Krishna Conscious Movement is operating within the material sphere. And we are influenced by the social currents all around us. Just, what, three days ago, in a meeting about the future direction of our rural projects, I heard, well, first I'll say that I, I generally here in the West that oh, it's easier for Indian devotees to take this up because it's their culture. And now I heard from an Indian devotee, well, it's easier for Western devotees to take this up because they're more into alternative living. Srila <laughs> <clears throat> Prabhupada said he wanted cultural conquest. One major reason why <coughs> preaching in India is much more fruitful in terms of people coming forward and becoming devotees and buying books and so many things is because the culture is still there <coughs> of Krishna consciousness, more in some parts of India than others. This particular area is a very... Uh, Vaishnav influenced area, <clears throat> the area we're in right now. <clears throat> so we should be alert that we, we keep out the bad cultural influences from our society. One reason we're starting, or probably you say the reason we're starting these projects is to make oases in the midst of the demoniac culture. Well, I just said that India is much better culturally than the West, but it's largely influenced by demoniac influences, beginning with democracy, which was accepted unquestioningly at the time of India's political independence, the idea of democracy, which is a demon crazy, it's a wrong idea from the very start that everyone is equal to a, a, in the matter of voting. But, as Srila Prabhupada pointed out, and it should be common sense, that some learned scholar has one vote and some illiterate rickshaw puller has a vote. That's ridiculous. 
and then the rickshaw for the, uh, the, the, the more obviously stupid people, not saying that the learned scholars are not stupid, but they're stupid in an educated way, generally speaking. Uh, they can be easily manip manipulated, as Srila Prabhupada writes, the mass of people, uh, uh, what is it in that Tadvag Visaga, the mass of people are like tools in the hands of the leaders. They can be manipulated. <coughs> so that's going on. There's a generational approach to changing society has has been adopted for the last hundred years. Also, starting from the uh, what's that? The Frankfurt School of neo-Marxists who went to the United States of America and they started planting the seeds of these ideas that everyone's equal and then people are being people are being oppressed and the oppressed should rise up. And we have that today in America. America's in social turmoil uh, over such issues because uh, the oppressed classes, women, blacks, homosexual, they, they're rising up against oppression. <coughs> the most privileged position in America is to be female, homosexual, and black. And probably if you're missing a limb, then you could do even better. But they don't get into that so much. Oh, even better, better than homosexual is transgender. That's really, really prestigious. So everything is upside down, back to front, and inside out. But this is taken as the norm. And the norm is that, okay, so the oppressed should rise up, and what will happen then, they'll become a new oppressive class. And then again you make a revolution against, against the, and it goes, this is Karl Marx's idea, that you have to have continual revolution. Very demoniac. And it's spoiling our movement also. Feminism in so many ways. We have affirmative action in our movement also. Although Srila Prabhupada never made any women GBCs, we have to have women GBCs and temple presidents. Srila Prabhupada made one temple president of a woman who went. A husband, this was 1968, I believe, when a husband and wife were, the husband was the temple president. And the temple consisted of the husband and wife only. And then the husband left her to go and chase after some woman somewhere else, devoted woman, mind you. And then Prabhupada said, to, he wrote a letter to the... Uh, Mataji devotee left behind, although he hadn't introduced so much at that time saying Mataji. He was very slow at this, seeing how uh, feminized his female disciples in America were. He said, okay, so you'll be the Tamil president. So that was the one case of Srila Prabhupada making female Tamil president. And Srila Prabhupada said so many things which would be considered sexist. Just like women are meant for service, for instance. But this is not accepted by certain elements in our movement, including our venerable GBC, who think we have to go along with the flow of the world. When I joined this movement, I thought I was going against the flow of the world. I didn't want to go along with the flow of the world. Before I'd heard anything about Krishna consciousness, one thing I knew was, I don't want to go along with the flow of this world. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing, but I don't want to be part of this society. So it's easier. It's easier to go along with the flow. And feminists are active in our movement. 
just the opposite to Sati. If if she'd had an enlightened feminist uh, advisor, when Lord Shiva told her not to do something, if the she'd have been advised, oh, you don't listen to her. She did that anyway. She didn't listen to her husband anyway, but even the idea that she had to take permission from her husband. Why do you have to take him? Why do you have to tell him even what you're doing? Just do what you like. I just got a letter from a disciple of mine, male disciple, saying that he went yesterday with his wife to sign divorce papers. He said he didn't want to do it, but my wife said, if you don't do it, I'll make a, I'll make a police complaint against you and... Uh, I'll make a divorce like that. Just like one of our devotees who we know, he was in Mayapur, his wife wanted a divorce. He wouldn't give it, so she made a charge of murder again, attempted murder, that she had attempted to kill him. So he was put in prison because that's the Indian law. If the wife simply accuses with no evidence, then immediately the husband is put in prison. And he said, after he was released, that everyone in the prison, the police, everyone, they all knew it was false because they have so many cases like this. This is called women's empowerment. Really, it's a kind of power. You can make life absolutely hell for your husband and there's nothing you can do about it because that's the law. Mm. So he was obliged to do it. And where did this come up after 14 years of marriage? Because she had come in contact with some life, female life coaches within ISKCON who had told her, you shouldn't call your husband Prabhu. You should call him darling. It's an equal, don't, don't look up to him. It's an equal relationship. And don't be bound to him. You have to fulfill your life's dreams. So now at the age of 40 plus, she's studying on a career as a hairdresser and listening to pop music. And she's got her life's dream. She's independent from her husband. Another victory for feminists. They did it again. They spoiled a perfectly good, peaceful marriage. But in their eyes, that marriage was wrong because they they're envious they see husband and wife peaceful together they become very envious and they want to <clears throat> disturb that they don't they become very envious if they see that oh, oh. because they're all uh, independent women and mostly they get very active when they're older and they're completely frustrated as a woman will be if she's not married and doesn't have children and not protected, she'll be completely frustrated. So they become very angry and they, they just want to destroy every marriage that's going on nicely. Of course, not if a man is married to a man or a woman married to a woman. That they are quite okay with. They won't disturb that. It's demoniac and it's in our movement. <clears throat> and it's having its success. And this is what is being brought to India by certain elements of our esteemed leadership from the Western countries. They want to, they want to bring it to India. They'll come to an Indian temple where the men and women are sitting separately and the women at the back and they'll say, no, women should be at the front. They talk about cultural sensitivity, but they're not sensitive to the local culture. They really believe that this demoniac Western culture is superior to the Vedic culture that Prabhupada taught us. <clears throat> they insist that women have to give classes, even in front of so many sannyasis. They're doing cultural conquest but the wrong way. Iskon was supposed to bring Vedic culture to the Western world, but st instead, via the medium of Iskon, they're bringing the worst elements of 
demoniac Western culture to India. Sati, that is, that name is equated with feminine de dedication to the husband. In the case of the Sati rite, when the husband dies, then the woman, she enters the fire with, when his body is burned. Now you're not, it's illegal in India to say anything in favor of this. But it was for thousands of years considered a great act of chastity. And among the Rajput women, it was, there was no question of doing anything else. The husband died, they would also die. And there are cases, there's, uh, where the, because maybe you've seen in Rajasthan, you have these walled cities on, on hills. So the, to, because it's, it's been a place of fighting since time immemorial. So the, the story is there, the husband goes, goes out and he comes back. And the, so the women think, great, he was victorious. And then they got the news. He wasn't victorious. He was, he was defeated and he's coming back. And then they closed the doors. You can't come back. He said, not my husband. My husband doesn't come back defeated. So he has to go out and fight going to certain death because his forces have been decimated. And in the meantime, the women prepare the fire because he's going to die, they're going to die, all his wives. That was the Rajput culture. We're not saying it should be introduced now. And in fact, in Vaishnavism, and, or in Gorya Vaishnavism, I never heard of any case of this sati, <clears throat> of uh, voluntary immolation. It was being misused. There were, if we see the British records, there, there were cases also of it not being misused, where the, the women, they preferred to do so. And from the Western point of view, this is something horrible, but if you understand the science of reincarnation and karma, it's understood to be a, a very chaste attitude. And we see also in the case of Gandhari, in the case of Pritu and Archie, it's described like that. <clears throat> there are several in the Bhagavatam. So Sati, she is the very emblem of female chastity. One of them. There are so many. Sita, of course, is another. Savitri, story of Savitri and Satyavan. There are several exalted. Arundhati, Anasuya, they're all uh, exalted. They're, they're the role models for young girls to grow up with. But they would be hated by feminists today. Uh, they are. <laughs> Feminists within Iskon also. Oh yeah, we have also Damayanti, another famous story. <clears throat> Instead, the girls grow up seeing the Bollywood or Tollywood or Collywood. What is it in Hyderabad? Tollywood. The uh, basically they're prostitutes. A woman who flaunts her body for everyone to look at. Professional prostitutes. And this is, this is the role model. So what can we expect 
of society because Trishu Dushtashu Varshnaya Jayate Varna Sankara. Arjuna put the very good argument that unprotected women will become corrupt and will produce bad children. And you get Varna Sankara and then they have children and they have children and they have children. Every generation gets worse and worse and worse. So that the op what is good is advertised as bad and what is bad is advertised as good. Dharmam dharamitiya manyate tamasavrita by the influence of Tamaguna, what is right is considered wrong and vice versa. And this is, this is what's going on in the world today. I'm specifically talking about uh, women's roles, or the, let's be more precise, the role of a jiva in a woman's body. But there are so many, so many instances. Abortion, which was previously considered and is, extremely sinful is now considered right and proper in India. The general Sanskrit term for abortion is Brunhatya, murder of the embryo, but they changed it to Garbapat, which means a falling of the embryo, which means a miscarriage, but they've used this word now for abortion and made it normalized. Ah, Mera Bharat Mahan, Garsei Kaho Ham Hindu Hai. Our India is great. Say it proudly. I'm a Hindu. Well, we can proudly announce that India is, what is it, number two beef exporter. Beef includes buffalo meat, but even it's not, but there's a lot of cow meat also. Lot of cow cow. How many, how many lakhs of chickens are killed every day in India? It's quite likely as a crore or more if you consider that so many people. What's the population of India? It's about 160 crores, something like that. Something like that. One, one billion six hundred million, something like that. And most of them are chicken eaters, at least half. So, on average, we're going to get maybe one crore, ten million, at least half of that, killed every single day. It's good. Get strong. Swami Vivekananda said, eat meat. It's authorized. Very wrong. So many things are wrong. So these projects which we have, they should actually be the cutting edge of our preaching. Because in the city temples, people go to the temples, and there are so many temples. They go to Iskon temples, and there are so many, apart from Iskon temples, there are so many Ram temples, and Vishnu temples, and Sai Baba temples, and Durga temples, and so many temples. So they, it's another temple. But here is something completely different. We're set up to preach here. Why? Why? The big question. Why? That's right. That's what you should be saying. You should be saying why. Why are you living like this? Why are we here in the first place? Why is the very good question to ask. Science, they want to say what, how, and all the mundane study, what, how, when, why, where, why, they also ask, why does, uh, why does, uh, li why, why do liquids freeze if brought to certain temperatures? But the real why, why, why are we here, what are we doing? Atato Brahma Jignasa. Now when we come to that point, then we really started our human life. Before that, it's ahara nidra bhaya eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. So what are we doing on these farm human beings? We're eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. 
putting fences is also one form of defense, isn't it? Building houses is also one form of defense. You're defending against the elements. <coughs> but there's also that extra inquiry into the Absolute. So why are we living like this? Because we want to perfect our human life. So this is the opportunity for preaching that the, we're living like this to make a more favorable situation for cultivating Krishna consciousness, which is the only real necessity of human life. Eating, sleeping, mating and defending, they're not our real necessities. They're temporary necessities. But our real necessity is to know who we are, who is God, what is our relationship with God, how to reawaken that. And we're making an atmosphere favorable for that. Because your society, despite all protestations to the contrary, that you can, well it's overly hyped, that you can practice Krishna consciousness in the modern world. Sure you can, but you have to contend with the whole very way of life, which forces you into bad association, forces you to work in some adharmic situation, mostly. You're forced to send your children to a slaughterhouse in the name of an educational institution. So we're set up to preach. We can tell people this. Human life is meant for God-realization. This is why we're living like this. <coughs> Hare Krishna. I'll finish there. For now. All glories to His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Anshara Kalpa Tulupyasya Kripa Sindhu Nihavichatpa Pita Nam